Listening to Omnis Protocol, I am Charles, also known as Omnis, and I am really proud to present this episode because not only do I have Danny, my boy, Modesto, what's going on, brother? How's it going, fam? But also have Alec, aka Smart Alec. Hello, hello. And we've got Amon, who games. What is up? And Blair. The foe of Denmark. Good evening. <laughs> All right. We've got, got the whole WTC team here. Um, obviously, Danny and I did like a, a kind of a quick, like, what are our actual thoughts about the, the event as a whole? Um, I did kind of a deep dive with Dizzard on, on my roster, what worked and what didn't work. Um, but I wanted to kind of dig into the games because I think we had some pretty big realizations as we were going through the event we can talk a little bit about the pairing process and how the games went um but alec why don't we want we're just going to go kind of round by round um so alec you were playing web slash defenders anything that you kind of want to express before we get into your first round game um mostly that my plan was to play web warriors when i could and Defenders was a backup if I landed on Gamma or Ease, um, which is where I didn't really want to play webs. <laughs> I believe that is something most web warriors um, share. Yeah, makes sense. As, a, as an overall view. <laughs> um, so what did you end up getting round one, and how did it go? Uh, so round one, we paired me uh, into an Avengers player. Um, when we were overall, when we were looking at pairings, I was hoping that we would get me into um, another player going for scenario, uh, mostly because I think webs are better into both scenario teams um, than people trying to kill you. So here we got me into Avengers. Um, the crisis came up uh, with his mutant madman and my struggle for the cube. Um, most of that game shook out with me taking uh, Amazing Spider-Man's leadership and slowing him enough that he couldn't rotate around the secures to flip them well uh, and just uh, strangling him out that way. I think I only scored like one, maybe two more points than him every round. Uh, so we were done by like uh, round three or four with a 2016 victory for me. I feel like that's pretty normal for mutant madmen. That's not usually a blowout crisis. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you pulled out, you pulled a solid win for us. What the listeners may not realize is everyone else's game was done that round and you were the last game of the round. So you did decide things one way or the other. Um, it, it was, so we were trying not to put pressure on you. Yeah, I was gonna say, it was funny to, uh, hear afterwards. That was, I was making some of you guys sweat. Um, like in the last round, my, Gwen that had already activated was KO'd and I think Amon was watching and just had to step away but I already knew <laughs> like that activation didn't matter she was done I already had the game in the bag there was no way he could flip enough points um, and it was all formalities from there makes sense 
All right, Danny. Well, let's let's talk about you. Um, so I will preface all of this, which I feel like a big part of why you ended up playing Shield was because I actively thought Shield was going to be really good for the team, and there was a point where we didn't have Shield at all, and I think everybody was fine with that. And I don't know. I got it in my head that I thought it was just really right for the meta. Um, and then there was a point where I was talking with Alec about whether he was going to play shield. And then I was playing shield for a little bit. And then you're like, Hey, I like gun lines more than you do. Maybe I play shield and you play Avengers. Um, so do you want to talk about that at all? Or like what your overall thoughts were with shield as you get into your round one? Oh, I think they'll just kind of come out as we go along through the matches and sort of like reflect upon, you know, turning points. Um, the the big thing about this match is actually Modoc himself is that the leadership generally isn't all that important except when you only have you know four or five dice attacks you know taking out a damage when I'm only doing two or three damage on average anyway adds up over the course of like three rounds and so there was a point what if you look at the point score at the end right it's like seventeen nineteen it's that I taking cube damage and then just couldn't daze like. A character and that character would just pop off and just kill the last two characters. I've been taking damage to cubes and stuff, right? So, like, the way that happening is that any bows or any throws or anything outside of gamma took damage, cube damage, and my D's were just melting super quickly. Oh, God, you had gamma cubes. Yeah, it was gamma That's cubes. like one of the, it's one of the most dicey combinations, I think, in the game. So it was just like stuff was melting down all over the place and it came down to just dice on that one. And I think that's like kind of the running theme with, um, shield is that you want as many dice rolls as possible and when those dice rolls don't go right at the correct times it can be very painful we leave people like one or two damage left yeah and i think because modok hasn't gotten a lot of overall meta attention you know you don't we always talk about how shield can struggle with old x-men right because of the cover and then having something that kind of like pseudo has cover um, you know, just pseudo cutting one damage off of everything um, is a, is probably a more difficult matchup than any of us realized in that pairing process. So, yeah, for sure. All right, well, let's shift it over to Amon, our guardians, our CGR player. So the person that uh, every team dreaded. Um, I wish I could ask every team, like, how did you guys figure out who Amon was going to play? But uh, Amon, do you have any thoughts about your list and playing Guardians and stuff before we get into the round one? Yeah, absolutely. First, I just definitely want to point out that Blair looks like an absolute spider foe right now, just in the darkness. (laughs) (laughs) I just cannot stop looking at him. It's pretty funny. True to theme. So I played Guardians. I, I think when we were talking about our team as a whole, Omnis, you and I definitely had conversations about how I did not want to play guardians i wanted to try some other things but i think very quickly i realized that if i didn't play guardians no one was going to play guardians and then i realized that we need to play guardians because cosmic ghost rider is broken so i don't i did well at the tournament but i completely give credit to my teammates for setting me up for good matchups but then also i think cgr is broken he's busted and so you know at the end of the day it's a competitive event you got to take advantage of it and i did i think my plan going into the event was I'm going to play CGR, Star-Lord, and Bill every game. And that is what I did. And then it was just Strong add choice. flavor. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> it's absolutely busted. I don't know why CGR hasn't been nerfed yet. But I think overall, like, 
as much as I'd love to say like, oh yeah, I'm so good. You know, at the end of the day, like I played broken stuff and the goal was to like give me the best matchup to execute with broken stuff and it worked out. In round one, we played Swedish leftovers, which were super nice guys. Yeah, absolutely wonderful team. I still love our picture with all of them. Um, Amon, I did have a question for you that I was thinking about before the show. Because you, like, yes, we did tilt the matchups a little bit in your favor, but you didn't have a lot of things that you wanted to avoid. Do you? Could you share just a general idea of, like, what were the things that you as a Guardian CGR player were telling me, like, ah, I kind of would prefer not that? Um, do you remember what those were? I think the only matchup that I truly wanted to avoid... I think there was two, actually, but one of them, I think, was manageable. I hate playing against S.H.I.E.L.D., ironically enough. I think maybe it's just a lack of people playing S.H.I.E.L.D. locally, or my practice partners don't necessarily play S.H.I.E.L.D. So I've just been on the opposing end of S.H.I.E.L.D. in tournaments before, and it's when dice work out in the gun line. I think I was just a little nervous. Obviously, that Bucky change was huge, but I don't think we as a team had realized how huge that was, maybe. Um, but that was just the one thing that I was just trying to avoid just out of personal history with that affiliation and having a losing record into it. I think outside of that, maybe Avengers, because I think Avengers has the best shot into Guardians. But I think I definitely felt fine because at the end of the day, my job, at least how I perceived my job, was to make sure everyone else got good matchups. And I remember at many rounds, I was like, honestly, it doesn't matter if I roll hot with CGR, I win. Yes, you did say that on a number of occasions. You're like, I can probably CGR both of these guys, so do what you need to do. Yeah. Um, Well, I'm glad to hear that you ended up playing Bill a lot, because that was one of the things that was like, obviously, Bill's a really powerful character in this meta, and I never actually asked you how much you played him, but obviously there was a point where we thought like Avengers was going to have him and blah, 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 but then kind of at the last minute, it was like, I'm on, nope, you keep Bill, and that kind of worked out. Um, so tell us about the round one game. Yeah, absolutely. My, my only final thoughts on the whole bill conversation was I was definitely prepared to play Gamora or Drax in that spot. And I think I would have been fine because CGR was just absolutely nutty, but I definitely think there were some moments where I was like, I can just throw bill on the right hand side and he can one V two, two characters and he'll be fine because bill is that good also right so secret to doing well at events play good stuff right um so i played the collector t we played uh sldd we played montesi formula infinity formula 17 threat and my go-to 17 threat was just adding agent venom so it was cool um honestly just again Star-Lord and CGR just did nutty things, and it was a great game, I think, for for the dice, I suppose. <laughs> um, my opponent did stop me from winning earlier and was able to push it back another round, which actually worked out in our favor because we were able to score more points as a team because of that. So I ended up winning 19-11. to 11. Nicely done. All right, Blair. Um, to kind of lead into the Blair story, Blair, from the get go, you were always kind of like, guys, you play what you want to play and I will make do with whatever is left over. Like no, no step of the way were you ever demanding characters. You, you were one of the most flexible people on the team. 
And you, you had said up front that you were comfortable with foes. Um, we'd all kind of discussed that, like, how good were foes actually going to be? And you tried lots of different things. You put some X-Men on the table. You would put some criminals. You did a bunch of different things. And then push come to shove as we were in that, like, maybe it was like 10 days out from Lislock or something. We just had a genuine conversation. And I was like, Blair. What are you best with? What do you feel most comfortable with? And you said foes. And I said, let's do it. Um, and preface, we are very happy with that decision overall. Um, but Blair, do you want to talk a little bit about like what made you so comfortable with foes or why they just seem to work for you before we get into your round one game? Oh, man. I don't know if you talked about this much in your last two episodes, but like just us as a team, like, it was so much back and forth about what we're going to play because it was it, we had our like kind of in the, at the outset coming in and then the core gets spoiled and we started testing that and then we find out like a week later like or so the core is not going to new core is not going to be allowed and then a couple weeks after that we get the huge errata so like those last couple of months leading up to it, I just felt like it was a whirlwind where we're just constantly changing back and forth. Um, it's funny, you guys, I don't think you played X-Wing, so you're not going to get this joke as much. Me, like, I was, I like, B-Wings and just, like, Rebel Swarm was, like, my thing. And so, like, I would test, like, so much stuff going into an event, and then, like, at the last minute, I'd be like, I'm just playing B-Wings again, screw it. And, like, this was it with this tournament is like, I tested like so much. I was, I was actually on criminals Modoc for quite some time was pretty convinced that was going to be it going in. Uh, and then, yeah, the errata dropped and I was just trying to test everything. Um, and I, I tested X force. I tested, uh, like sort of the webs defenders. I think a couple of us were testing that actually, I think Danny was kind of messing around with that too. And, uh, and then, like, everyone just kind of settled on where they were. And I was just like, well, based on what's left, I just, I have so much experience with foes. They're probably not maybe the best of everything that's still available. But for me, I think it's just what I felt most comfortable with. So that's what I, that was my recommendation. And you had the confidence to say, go for it. And that's how we ended up. Nice, nice. So, what did, what did you get round one, and how did it go? Uh, so, I, we played a we played like a Sweden team round one, I believe. Yeah. Swedish, and, I have a yeah, and, and I played a guy named Gertat, who was super nice guy, um, but wasn't the most experienced. He said uh, he's like a single dad with two kids, and so he said most of his games he only gets to play like against his brother on like kitchen table Friday night. So he was playing Thor. Uh, we pulled hammers and cosmic and, uh, uh, you know, I think his inexperience just showed a little bit. So I was able to pick up the win. I think 21 13 was final score. Nice. Nice. Uh, the one thing I did want to say, like, um, listeners, you may not realize how much when you're like trying to recap like a six round event, probably like how many things go through your head If I want to make sure I say this, I want to make sure I give props to this person. And one thing I forgot to say in my episode with Dizzard is while I was playing in Swedish Troll, um, who is an absolutely fantastic opponent, um, it was it was definitely a dicey game. 
But the point that I think I forgot to say was I still felt like he played perfectly. There wasn't a single move. He was clearly like a very practiced person with winter guard. And that was just something he played all the time. And um, I just wanted to make sure that he was credited with just like how well he played. Like the dice were not so good in his favor that if he wasn't playing perfectly, that, that he would have still come out with a win. So he played perfectly. And then the dice just gave me no chance to come back, come out of it. Um, so, well, that wraps up round one. We go, uh, we go three, two overall. And at this point we kind of realized that Alec, Amon and Blair were just fucking in the zone and Danny and I were larger question marks. And so we kind of like, and I don't know maybe if this was apparent to everyone else, but in my head, I was like in the pairing process, Danny and I get no priority and it will be 100% get Alec Blair and Amon at least out of bad matchups if possible. Um, And I think at this point was kind of where the like, oh, Danny and Omnis go down first and we'll, we'll figure out the rest later. Um, So going into round two, we'll stick with the same order. Alec, what did you get in round two? Uh, sure. So we were playing the, uh, the French team this time, French dips. Yep. Uh, and I, yeah, played... they had the buy round one cause people thought they weren't there. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I played into, um, Ikari who was their, um, criminal syndicate and dark dimension player. Um, so we had Dormammu in there. He also had, um, three different, uh, I think she might might have had all uh, four criminal syndicate leaders in there. Um, (laughs) Jesus Christ. Right. So I was um, a little unsure of what I'd end up seeing on the table, um, what he would put down. Uh, The way the crisis flipped up, it was uh, his scoundrels and my spider infected. um, And uh, at 17 threat is what... um, I picked and uh, I played ASM leadership again um, in the, he dropped Kingpin Um, and I was hoping to use that ASM leadership to uh, slow and then displace um, some of his models off the points, regardless of size. Um, But he just outplayed me this game. There were times where um, I definitely made some, some misplays using fallback in a time where I definitely shouldn't have um, uh, his juggernaut came up, punched my black cat, left her on one health, and I went, okay, I can fall back and get away from him. No, you cannot. He will slide forward and still reach you um, into the last damage. Um, so, uh, and this was another round where, uh, as a kind of control player, my games take the longest, and uh, I believe it came down to me again. Uh, which is unfortunate that I, I lost this one. This is my loss for the event. Um, yeah, yeah, we were in the exact same situation where Danny and I lost, um, and then you were the final game. Yep. And so we were back in the same situation. I was like, God damn it. But the French team was really, really fucking good. Um, Danny, you want to talk about your round two game? Yeah, I give mad respect to my opponent because they <clears throat> we played 15 threat. And it was Meteor's research station, and they're playing Avengers. And they go OG Steve, Hulk, Thor. <laughs> yep. Uh, Listeners, you know from my history, I fucking hate this team. Yeah. 
this team has caused me so many stupid conversations. And the problem is I just can't do enough damage quickly enough between the Steve bodyguards and Hulk just being Hulk that I can't bring them down fast enough. And there's like a decision, there's an inflection point in this game where um, I have a Helios, I get priority, I have a Helios, and it's either I've already flipped Steve, and it's like I can get rid of Steve right now because him counting blanks on his flip side is being next impossible for me to actually kill. Right? Like my four, four or five nice stacks, it's not going to do anything. Going. And he's just going to stand around living forever. Um, or I can Helios Hulk who has five damage left on him. I go, oh, obviously I should just Helios Steve and then I have a couple activations and I'll just kill Hulk and be done. Well, what proceeds to happen is that through three activations, Hulk takes zero damage. He has Pryo, Hulk like, Hulk smashes, one shots Fury, throws Fury into Grunts, kills Grunts. He like throws a building, kills another dude, and then like regular punches and kills another guy. And I was like, sick. Shows me. <laughs> Hulk, just, still just a, uh, still one of the best models in the yeah, game. Yeah, just obliterated. And then Thor had a four Asgard charge that one-shotted a character, but because the throw is before damage, uh, he throws into a character. Then he does another uh, building throw to another character, dazing two characters, and then has a point left over to flip a point ways on it. And I was like, oh, that's, that's cute. Yeah, that's, sure. <laughs> Uh, yeah, though the wide the wide thing is like good, except when people are just getting you. Like every attack kills a character, yes. then the wide does not feel good. Um, and this is sort of like the, the the issue with shields is that I have lots of defensive tricks, but if you can like hold me down or throw characters around like Hulk, or just I just have a lot of spacing, or I have a lot of bodyguards to redirect my attacks. If I can't focus down characters, I just can't put enough attacks into you to actually kill things. Like Thanos is another problem, right? Um, where it's just I just can't burn you down fast enough to actually get rid of you uh, without using a Helios. I mean, uh, so essentially, what happens is I lose characters way too quickly, lose attrition too quickly, and then he is able to flip all the points and push research into my back point, which is how he gets the last like six or seven points, right, to get to the seventeen. Because we were neck and neck up to that point, and then he flips and gets a bunch of points at once at the end of the game. Damn. Yeah. That's rough. All right. Amon, the guardian, the guardian of Godolkin, I've been watching. Uh, Dude, that show is so game. good. So good. So good. So you're That ending is wild. No yeah. spoilers. Um, all right, Amon, what did you get round two? All right. So actually, going back to your question, you mentioned what I kind of wanted to avoid. And, you know, it's interesting because I think Web Warriors hate playing into Guardians. But I think the one character that I consistently wasn't able to kill was ASM. And so I was a little nervous going into this. But I got Gamma. We played Gamma Cubes. You won priority. So the Webs hates this. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think that's how it goes, right? Like, I think if he won priority, he's heavily advantaged. Um, especially because CGR is not an objective piece, right? And so ASM can just tank a lot of that damage. But I got priority, of course, slammed down <laughs> my secures immediately. I didn't even look at it. So I was like, I'm, we're doing my secures. Yeah. And I played a guy named Stal, Stalot, Stalotre, probably is how you say it. I probably butchered that, though. Sorry to the French people listening. And again... 17, so exact same team as previously. CGR, Star-Lord, Bill, and Agent Venom into ASM, Toad, Miles, Moon Knight, and Daredevil. 
Miles was his leader. And so he goes and tries to grab my extract with ASM. And I was like, you know what, man? I'm just going to turn on the jet, see what happens. I take one shot with CGR and I daze his ASM. (laughs) One shot. I didn't even know what to do with my second shot. I was like, oh, okay, cool. I guess I... I, Shit, I, can't, I can't even gain a power like i want yeah. that power can i not kill him so that i can shoot him again and gain more power no i was nuts because I, I mean i got five power right so i moved a little bit yeah. incinerated i didn't i don't even think i incinerated him no i didn't i just diced him it was just it was the dumbest thing ever he re-rolled into two skulls i was like i'm sorry bro <laughs> so i was like all right well things are going well start of my second activation i kept prior only have four minis I was like, I'm just going to shoot into ASM again. Double tap him off the board with CGR. And I was like, all right, I think I won. <laughs> you might be making Alec cry, just for the record. Like, <laughs> the uh, There's a reason I wanted to dodge the uh, Guardians matchup, and it's because a lot of it comes down to the priority role. And yeah, this is a, yeah. This is a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, and credit to him. He kept it close. He made great plays. I think DICE started helping him out towards the middle and end of the game. Uh, but again, just removing ASM from the board at the start of my turn two, before he even got to activate, really, was huge. So I won 16 to 11. Again, CGR, man. Stupid. Pretty good. Pretty good. All right, Blair, you want to tell us about... Uh... Oh, by the way, so for the listeners, Blair, you, you didn't know what your 10th character was going to be in your spider Foes roster. <laughs> And so I think it was uh, I think it was Alec and I who were who were in Discord in that moment, and we were like, "Hey, why don't you just put in Kingpin? Drop one tactics card for all according to plan, and make all of your opponents confused with that tenth slot." And you were like, "Guys, I'm in." <laughs> yeah, I meant to ask them all after the fact, like how much that played uh, into their into their decision to what they brought out, but uh, I. I didn't really expect to play him. I I was I was like fifty fifty on scoundrels. Otherwise, like it wasn't I wasn't expecting to play him, and I never pulled scoundrels, so I never did. Um, but, but I want to be clear for the listeners that you were a spider foes roster with a like one percent chance of actually playing <laughs> criminals, and I think a lot of people look at your roster and may not realize that, but that was our goal. Our goal was to fuck with people's heads, and uh, and I still think that's that's useful for you. Um, and so I, I would love to know like how much that impacted opponents, but I mean I think it's still it, I think it impacted. Yeah. So I mean I, I pulled research and sword uh, here around two, and I I think you see a sword like you know Kingpin's awesome on that. So um, he uh, this was Dom. The, Alec, you look French... confused, but he's thinking researcher. Yeah, I, I Kingpin's good on researcher. Yeah, yeah. I think I think Blair just switched the two crisis in his head. I understand. Um, and uh, he this was actually a CGR player, um, and so I think he saw sword and, and was you know got scared of playing CGR on that, so uh, left him at home actually. Um, so he came out with. Uh, Let's see, uh, both Furies, uh, I think Iron Man, 
and Black Bolt actually, I believe, was his list. And so um, his activation order, it was uh, Iron Man flip sword, walk up to researcher, Fury flips other sword, hangs back, uh, commandos walk up, do a gainer, hop up Black Bolt. So now Black Bolt is in range to threaten my back sword line, which he does. He's able to kill Craven and uh, cover. He's able to do the five damage and daze him. And so then my last activation is Lizard. And so um, he has left no one on his back right sword because Iron Man walked up to sit on the researcher. So I'm it's like, okay, uh, it's a two-point swing either way. If I get researcher or it's a it doesn't get moved, I don't get it, but it's a tie, it doesn't get moved, or I get sword and I get a push, but he gets moved researcher. And I decided to go for the sword because um I like it. I wanted to push uh Black Bolt up and uh like get him in there so we can just all start to mob him. So that's what we did. And so um uh, and I felt like Lizard was also like in cover, so I felt pretty good about just leaving him there. So, um, it was a it was a bloody back and forth first couple of rounds, but um, Craven was all powered up, so he was able to do all the things, put all the things on everyone uh, for like two successive rounds. Because once he gets his power gen going, if you can protect him, it just keeps going because he just hits so hard, he gets it all back. So, and like round three, I got the dream. With uh, Mysterio, um, I threw down uh, Grand Illusion and then had, uh, I forget what it's called, the, the Craven Condition where you take a damage if you advance. And so I had scored the Sword Console the first two rounds, and so I was up pretty big on points. And so I think he, in his head he knew like he can't give it up one more round. And so Black Bolt was um, still on mine. And so Mysterio activates. We do we do one damage to Black Bolt, advance him, deal another damage. He opts for leadership, walks back, takes a third damage because he doesn't want to give it up. Mysterio attacks him again, advances him again, takes the damage. Uh, walks back, takes another damage. So he's taking six now. I tricks and traps, get the final two. <laughs> Mysterio KOs Black Bolt. One activation it was beautiful. Um, <laughs> So after that, he didn't really have much of a chance, uh, but real nice guy. And I got to I got to practice my French with him, so that was cool too. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. All right, so unfortunately, we take a loss this round, um, but on a, a, all of the U.S. teams took a loss round two. Um, all three teams had to play against a really hard matchup. Like, I know a lot of our American listeners probably don't realize just how good this French team was. Like it was, it was just a list of like really, really solid players. And it is certainly not a team that I feel bad um, losing to overall. They, they played very, very well. Um, But we go into round three um, and um, uh, God, I'm now I'm trying to remember the team name from round three. Danny, do you remember who we played round three? We played Team Licorice. Team Licorice. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was the team. Um, okay, so let's bounce it back over to Alec. Alec, what did you, what did you get in round three? Uh, so in round three, we paired me into Hellfire Club. 
um, I played into uh, Hesse. Uh, this game was on uh, an, another Scoundrels game, and pa- my paranoia this time. Um, in this one, I, I was a bit mean because um, I lost priority. I picked one of the sides of the map instead of the front to back. Like uh, You did it. I did it. You did um, it. Oh, my God. You're such a monster. You know, I, I love you still, but you're a monster. I, it could have been worse. I picked the side. So we were at the end table here, and I picked my deployment as the side towards the other, the rest of the tables. So at least he could stand at the end um, and have his normal uh, point of view. But that game, I ended up sitting sideways the whole time. Um, Shit, we drank with you after this. I can't. <laughs> what a monster. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, a combination of that, um, my opponent not being uh, familiar with webs, especially ASM leadership. I think in this event, uh, so I played uh, Peter Parker's leadership every single round, and I think every single round my opponent needed a moment to read the leadership, to double-check what it did, um, which... Uh, I think came in handy. So just the combination of having to play sideways, a leadership he's not used to, into a matchup he already uh, feels isn't that great, um, really helped me just run away with this game. Um, yeah, I'm, I don't think there was anything got else. To, web's got to do Web's things. Yep, yeah, we just <laughs> ran circles around the uh, the infinity, or not infinity formula, so the scoundrels. But... Um, yeah, just able to pull apart paranoias and make sure mine stayed together. Um, I had an early uh, Miles uh, swing and kick that actually just one-shot Beast, um, which just, he was holding a paranoia too, so it just jump-started uh, the the Web Warriors car. So, I mean, Beast is a fellow scientist. I don't know how you could do that. I know. Know? I, I think the uh, the WebWares are actually very anti-science because um, all their foes are are well-known Our scientists. scientists. Yeah. Okay. About right, street so you just assumed Beast <laughs> just looks too much like a spider foe that you just are like, yep. yeah, that's got to be. Yeah, he's, you know. he's got to be one of them. Okay, that makes sense. All right, Danny, what did you get round three? Uh, I got paired into Brotherhood, and we played Montesi and Fisk, and this game was just a bloodbath. Uh, he played Mystique, um, which I did not expect, but he was using the leadership to take over one and pushing and pulling me off the other one, essentially. Um, apparently, Fury hates being thrown long by Juggernaut, which happened early around two, and just essentially he was unable to do anything for like two rounds. So it took him around basically to get back into the action. And then the next round at that point, you have Juggernaut just like ramming into people, doing damage, and just like annihilating parts of the team. Uh, he did have a sick ass uh, juggernaut like one shot uh, commanders like just like block punch dead. I was like, oh cool, yeah, why not, right? Um, which is I mean, it was great for him, right? Like essentially, he was able to blow me off the points and grab on tests and just kind of back up from there, um, which was a solid game plan into what he needed to do. Um, and I just you know was able to roll dice when he to. That was one of the things I think we didn't quite realize just how good Juggernaut was going to be into this meta when, like, after the Malekith nerf and, like, with Hulk being on, like, one team. Um, Because we didn't... Because, Blair, you did not end up playing Juggernaut, right? 
I did not know. Yeah. And so with this, that, that is something I was like, in retrospect, I think Juggernaut was one of the characters who, who did overall pretty well um, in the format. He can't be pulled by CGR. Um, you know, maybe when, maybe one of our slip ups, I don't know if he would have fit in anyone's roster, but um, all right, well, let's bounce it over to Amon. What did you get round three? Round three, I got shield. So I think I was a little nervous going into it, but I think I felt confident when I took a look at my opponent's list, played against an individual named John Smed, and we played Mutant Extremist and Gamma Wave. Again, I won priority here. And CGR Bill Star-Lord with Toad at 15. That was cool. And my opponent, obviously, was Nick Fury. I believe Human Torch. Unfortunately, this is the one round where I didn't take a picture of the table setup, and I'm not sure why. But End of the day. It, we're, we're yeah. starting to wear out a little bit. Yeah, I also think I was a little deflated because we lost round two. And so I think maybe I was just like, I don't know, maybe I lost a little bit of that passion. But we, yeah. we obviously gained it back very quickly, bounced back. But and again, I, I hate that my battle reports all sound very similar. But I think Alec was next to me on this one. And there was a couple moments where I was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> and, you know, when you start apologizing to your opponent. It's it's going well for you, and I look over and, and I, I think Alec made a comment afterwards. Where he's like, "You said like, I guess Dice must have been really well. You kept apologizing." I was like, "Yeah, it was it was dumb." Um, his Human Torch got one activation whole game and then died. Nick Fury died horribly. Everything died. I don't know. I was just man again. AMG, if you're listening, nerf CGR. It was stupid, but yeah, that's what happened. So very excited. Well- I was going to save this for the end, but I wanted to mention in my game, there was something that I don't think I fully expressed in my episode with Dizzard. Um, I did win my game, but I swear all of the dice negativity from round one and like some of the like meh things that happened in round two came back full steam against my opponent. And I swear if I was rolling four dice or more, I had two crits. Like that was just the way that this game went. And, uh, and so I, my dice were were also super super hot and so i apologized to my opponent a lot i was like i'm sorry man you are literally suffering the consequences for how shitty my dice were in round one uh and uh and you're paying for it because i i rolled a shit ton of crits in this game so blair you want to talk about your round three uh yeah so i played a uh, thomas he was playing avengers we pulled uh, legacy virus and sword um, he opted to, it was 15 threat. He had to go with three wide with Steve cable and Hulk. Um, I think this was, I think the only game I played traps and it certainly played dividends. I think he really wasn't used to seeing the card, what it did. So he just had his Hulk flip the sword. And then he was like, I guess I'll just walk up onto the, the legacy on the far side just to clear this. And so he got pushed away because of that. Um, and then uh, the, again, same thing that let the sword console open. So uh, was able to like double move onto it with lizard. I think it flip it. So then Hulk got pushed again because of that. And so it was just way out of the way start around two and 
wasn't able to do a whole lot on the hole uh, in the game. And so I ended up taking it down like 17 to 9, I think, was the final score. So you've played Sword multiple times. Do you feel like you kind of walked into those games with like just knowing Sword better than your opponents did? Did you kind of feel like they weren't as prepared for that particular crisis? I I think so. And I think... I don't know if it was this event or just another like what like some data I was looking at is post uh, Big Errata. I believe it's the least played crises there is right now. Um, it's pretty low. Yeah, and so I think a lot of people like because I felt like it got played more back in the day before they changed it, um, and now it's not played near nearly as much. And I think. I think a lot of like players who didn't play it back in the day, because back in the day is like you were really forced to fight for it. Now it's like it pushes a lot. And by, by push, I mean it's a lot of two to two, so there is no push. Uh, and so I don't think they they understand just the how it can just steamroll so quickly. And if you get three of them on turn one, like it can it can be bad news if you're not like making your opponent pay for it and. So yeah, that's what that's what happened in both the games. Yeah, because it used to be fourteen threat and had three spots. Yeah, and so there was a lot more teams that were trying to force it to put rosters in a really uncomfortable spot. Mm-hmm. And then post that, there's even a point where X Men was running it, but then as the Malekith got more popular, the Malekith Red Skull Lockjaw team was just so brutal for the yeah. people who liked yep. it. You know, there was just some really brutal fifteen threats. And then that kind of that kind of died down a little bit. And in this format, you're not going to have like every Guardians team also has Hulk. So it's not like you're facing Star-Lord Hulk um, CGR like that's that's not going to come up that often. Um, So, yeah, I don't think it was the least popular in this event, but I, I do think it's one of the least popular overall. So. All right, so we take this round. Um, we end up 2-1 overall. We get to, you know, hang out. We we party um, a little bit. Um, do you guys have anything that you wanted to say? I know Danny and I got to ch- talk about the event in general. Alec, did you get to do anything fun uh, Saturday night that you want to mention? Um, not in particular. I hung out with folks. Um, some of the other uh, American players, Pat Dunford were chilling and picking his brain on uh his thoughts on the meta and stuff like that so uh just joined in that conversation nice nice and what about you amon what did you do uh saturday evening yeah first off i want to give a huge shout out to gil for organizing the event i think when you hear like airport hotel in america you kind of get a little oh god yeah yeah you're like oh no you know and so when i heard that i was a little like concerned but then i forgot we were in europe and not only europe but in denmark which is an amazing country and very well kept if you will and so great venue great location the fact that they had sparkling water and regular water for free on tap was amazing if you go to american cons you know everything is ridiculously expensive (laughs) food was good too it was healthy locally sourced actually nutritious and not just like fried this fried that 
hamburger made of plastic. So it was good. You've been talking with Jesse a lot because I'm pretty sure he said the exact same thing on his show. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I mean, but this was just genuinely my... Yeah, it's all true. Yeah, speaking of Jesse, we hung out quite a bit. I think WCC was at an interesting time because every free opportunity that we got, we would like go huddle and like some... There was actually a bar on the 10th floor. I didn't know if yes. you guys realized this, but that was cool. I mean, we were there the last night, It was right next night, to Charles. my and Danny's room. That's very nice. Makes sense. They, they so knew about us. We would we would hide up there and just talk Shatterpoint. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we did. Obviously, we socialized with whomever, but I think at a certain point he'd just be like, "You be like, you want to go go to the bar, talk Shatterpoint before we go to bed," and that's what we did. So nice, nice. I nobody came up to me to like talk Shatterpoint. Every time I ended up talking Shatterpoint was because I walked over to talk to you and Jesse and found out there was a Shatterpoint conversation going on. There'd be like three other people. And I was like, oh, I'm going to talk Star Wars for a minute. Cool, cool. Yeah, I will say I was super grateful for a bunch of people coming up this and say like, hey, they listened to the Shatterpoint show. Hello there. And so we had great conversations and some of them were our patrons. So it was cool to hang out and just get to know people. Nice, nice. What about you, Blair? I think you crashed early, right? Saturday <laughs> night. You were still you were still on American time. I sub- I submitted my score and I was like, you need anything else from me, Charles? Nope. Get go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> Respect. It was I by the time because we went out to eat the first night, I'd got in at like five PM. And so by the time we got back, I don't know what time we got back to the hotel, like ten or so. I've been up like 31 hours straight or something ridiculous. And we then of course you nap before going to dinner. And yeah. we, we were like, we were actively when we were talking about like, let's not wake up Blair until we are ready to go. <laughs> and, and then of course I woke up at like 2 AM, like just like what the hell. And it was, Amon was my roommate at, at some point. He was like, are you good? Bro? <laughs> Cause I was tossing and turning so much. I think eventually, like 4 a.m., I fell back asleep. But then the second day, Oman woke me up and was like, hey, uh, round one starts in like five minutes. <laughs> so, like, all right. So, yeah, I did nothing uh, that second night. Just went straight to bed. I think it was Sunday morning or I was downstairs and I was having breakfast and like all the other American teams were down there and they were like, Charles, do you have a team still? And I was like, I'm pretty confident that I do. I don't remember if that was Saturday morning or Sunday morning, but there was a point where I was I was down there with him for like 45 minutes. I'm like, where are your people? But I was like, I'm pretty sure Blair's sleeping. Danny's sleeping. It'll be fine. They'll be down here. Um, but it was just a funny moment. So let's let's go ahead and move on to day two. So we're like, okay, we're two and one. We would like to end with the best possible record that we can. Um, Alec, what happened with your game one of day two? Uh, sure. Uh, do you remember the team? We played against Denmark Ran- Ragnarok yes. this round. Yeah, this was the Ragnarok round. Uh, and I got the mirror. Uh, we're playing... Uh, I got into their webs and defenders player. Um, and I wanted this matchup. I thought it was good for me because he didn't have a two threat in his roster and he didn't have Aunt May's weak kicks. 
Um, so I knew if we pulled our wide crises, which we both had, that I I felt heavily that I would be favored. Um, and that's what happened. I was able to go five wide with ASM leadership. He only had four characters. Um, we had some... Uh, he, he kept... He had Venom in his roster, which is scary, but because he's slow, I wasn't too concerned. Um, and he had some... would use Venom as his first activation for a round to try to fish for a kill and just not end up getting it. Um, which just... Sometimes just rolling five dice... Like, Danny knows this. He's been playing Shield now for a while. Sometimes you just roll five dice, and a couple of five dice rolls <clears throat> doesn't, doesn't yeah, net a kill. It's not it. Um, he had a good uh, heads-up play in, uh, I think, round three, where I... I was about to do a Miles Spender into, uh, I think it was uh, his Miles, who was holding an Extract, and noticed that he had Lethal Protector available. Um, and that stopped me from stealing and winning that round. Um, but at, at the that point, the game was probably already over. Because um, I ended that round with 15 to something else. And then um, I just scored out the next round. Uh, 19 to 16. Nice, nice. All right, Danny, what was what was your round for? So this is the match where I'll just begin by saying I went from being okay on CGR to fuck CGR in this single matchup <laughs> because I played against um, Guardians with CGR and he proceeded to basically solo my entire team. Where uh, we're playing on 19th, it's like CGR, Bill, Star-Lord. Um, I think it was like Nebula and something else. Just like a bunch of death coming at me. I'm like, ah, this is fine. Let's see how it goes, right? Um, what ends up happening is that he gets a bunch of power around one, comes in, uh, doesn't do any damage. He's like, ah, this is fine or whatever. But he's like four tall and I'm like six tall. So he does immediately round two is pull, pull, pull. Kills commandos, kills another character. He still has Pryo, right? Because now we're tied in number. And ends his turn. Pulls back of everyone. Has Pryo again. Teleports up. Kills the two characters. He just days the last round. It is now four characters to four characters. And proceeds to just roll over the rest of my team. Because I'm incapable of killing him at this point. Yeah, and I think this was one of the rounds where um, they won priority. Yeah. So they put down their Guardian CGR player, and we kind of talked about it with the team, and we were like, well, Danny's definitely getting thrown under the bus, because that's part of the plan at this point. And then, I think it was me, where we were just like, the rest of you guys kind of like, Amon didn't really want to play the mirror if he didn't have to, because he has a better chance of dicing other people. Webbs didn't really want it, and Blair didn't want to play against the hardcore super attrition. He thought he could beat most other things. And so we're like, okay, it was me and Danny. And I think they didn't want, I think my Sam Avengers part of it made them go, let's just take shield. And, and then Danny, Danny got it for us. Um, All right, Amon, what was your round for? Yeah. So this game was interesting. This round particular, because I actually didn't want to play into my opponent. I was very nervous about playing against shield as I mentioned before, but this shield was interesting because they had CGR as well. 
And so I knew it was going to be a CGR showdown. And I just wasn't, I just didn't want to do that, to be honest. And, <laughs> but at the end of the day, I, you know, we were talking to Alec and we were just trying to figure out optimal matchups. And, and this is kind of just how it worked out. And I do want to give credit to Alec here because Alec was actually, I think we were all kind of you know, being a team together and, and we were kind of being like super polite to one another in terms of like how matchups should go and what do you think and what do you think? And I think Alec just came in and was like, this is what I want. This is what I don't want. And I was like, hell yeah. I love this energy. And then and then I then I tried to do the same thing, but it didn't work. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, But it was pretty funny. But and, and then at that point, too, is when we started taking a look at terrain, because I think I got paired up first. And so I looked at Alec. I was like, yo, what table do you want? Right. And so I think rounds four and five is when we started utilizing terrain a little bit more. I'm not sure if it would have mattered in the first three rounds, but I just remember actively thinking about it on day two versus day one. But we played it. I played into a person named Sebastian Peterson. Great player. And I played, so we played struggle for the Cuban infinity formula. So he wins priority. So immediately I was like, crap, you know, not working the way I wanted to. I wanted more of a straight up fight. I was like, okay, fine. We'll try to make it work. We'll see what happens. So I play toad rocket star Lord bill and CGR. And it's really interesting. We went like super too heavy. So he plays widow, the two threat, Iron Man, CGR, Nick Fury, and Bullseye. So I think we both kind of wanted to go wide, but at the same time, I was a little afraid because I was like, maybe he won't go CGR, but he did. Yeah, you and both want to really- activate your CGR at the end of round one. Yeah. So, uh, but I had a feeling he wasn't going to play CGR and go wide on me, but then he ended up placing CGR. Anyways, it worked out because my CGR went last. Yeah. And he was afraid to move up with his CGR. So what I did is I made a very aggressive play with Toad. I was like, I need that center extract. This is going to put the you know game in my favor. And so he takes a shot with his CGR. I don't know what happened, man. Toad doesn't die. And I was like, great. Run away. You know? And then he gets his bullseye up there, tries to like finish Toad off, only deals one damage. Toad's like, great. I'm running away. And I was like, great. Toad's back where he started. Has the extract. We're safe. And at that point, I was like, you know what? I know he's a little afraid to commit his CGR because if his CGR goes down, game strongly in my favor. And this is really funny, too, because this is where CGRs didn't power up at all. He rolls one on his psychosis roll. So I'm like, all right, good. You know, like everything's kind of gone his way thus far. Maybe if I roll high, this will benefit me. I roll zero. So my CGR is like just the worst version of himself possible. And so I was like, whatever, maybe I'll just take the risk here and I'm just going to try to, if I can one shot bullseye, I'm just committing and stepping on the gas. I, I, t- I double tap bullseye and I'm like, all right, whatever. I'm just going to, ta- I'm going to step my vote on the gas, see what happens. And to his credit, man, I think Sebastian tried to play a really good game, but he tilted a little bit when his bullseye went down. And I think he did make a couple misplays, which I definitely cat- you know, capitalized on. But at the end of the day, man, it was like his CGR would roll, get like two hits. My CGR would roll, get like five hits, you know. It's just one of those games. But it was it was my most favorite game because for the first two rounds, we spent 30 minutes. We were so afraid of each other's CGR. And he was like, 
man, this is like a Mexican standoff. And I was like, hey, very impressed, you know, that you use that phrase. Not, not I don't know. Maybe I was yeah. just being a little uh, assuming there, but like. It, it was, was an cool. okay corral moment of like, yeah. when do you draw, you know? Exactly. You know, yeah. we're just kind of staring at each other. And then I just said YOLO. <laughs> and I wound up winning 18 to 6, which was great. So felt good. Very millennial of you. Yeah. I say that as an elder millennial. Blair, you want to let us know how your round four goes? Preface, was this, this was this the iHulk Ronin Venom game? This unfortunately was indeed okay. the iHulk. After he takes a large game. swig of whatever he's drinking. I feel like this is actually the game that I've talked about the most from the whole event. <laughs> yeah, so it, it was Midnight Suns. And I think this was the only game I played Ronin. And I, I think my inexperience with him showed. Uh, I brought him, you know, solely because I expected to see iHulk. And I, I was right about that. But then I made the critical error of, like, not saving him to see where Hulk deployed. And so he ended up on the opposite side of the board. So then when it comes his time to activate, it's a... Uh, um, Sorry, what we it, it was a uh, it it's extremist in, invasion. So I'm like, okay, uh, I can I can shoot blade with a universal weapon, or I can like walk up onto the point, grab a senator, or walk on to and score one point. And wasn't really sure what to do. In hindsight, I should have moved towards the middle, towards Hulk, and just grabbed a senator. Because that's what Ronan's there to do. Is there to be close to Hulk and judge him and force him to attack him. A universal blade. I didn't do any damage, but I got the push. Which, again, against Blade doesn't really matter all that much. So, Ronan, like, really didn't work his way over towards Venom until, like, like the third round is when I started mixing it up. And I, I never judged him, which was another oh, crucial error. Like, that would have been huge. That's where that's uh, where Ronan's money is made. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's if you don't judge then he's not worth the threat. Yeah. And to boot his his attack dice were just on fire and I couldn't do like any damage at all. So at at the end of round 2 he had dazed my entire squad except for Ronan. Um and I I think Doc had been KO'd cuz he just he did the double leap with his whatever the one below all, and then just double beat it, beatered him, and then beat him again through crap. I, I I burned sacrifice and lethal, and still couldn't keep him alive round two. Um, so so at that point, I'm like, well, this is over. I mean, I I'd done like two damage to Hulk, like one damage to Moon Knight maybe, uh, and but then Venom had like this insane pop-off turn where he like buildered builder spendered into Hulk did like nine. And then he, and then he activated Hulk and, uh, attacked Venom. Venom clapped back, did another like five and dazed him. Uh, so that got me back into it. And so it was like a big swing game 
it comes down to the round five, I think we're on, maybe round six. I'm up 12 to eight. I got a Android Full Health Venom and Android Full Health Ronin against his Hulk that has like five health left. He uh, throws Venom into Ronin, does Ronin blocks one, takes three. He builders Venom, hits him for like five. Venom claps back for three. Uh, so Hulk's now on two life. Uh, does He doesn't get the throw. So then second action, he has to do like five damage to Venom and get the throw trigger, throw him into Ronin, and Ronin will have to blank out and not do not block anything. And that's exactly what happened. So they both got KO'd. And because of the nature of Immortal Hulk, even if Ronan had got had done the two damage on the clapback, he's not removed from the board till the end of the round. So he still had a model out there. I didn't. So he ended up tabling me and winning the game. Yeah, that's crazy because I didn't realize until this moment that you didn't have Ronan on the um, the eye Hulk side of the board, right? And if you get a judgment off before yep. that I, big venom, believe fight, me, I've I've thought about that quite totally some time since this tournament. <laughs> yeah. I just didn't know that till now, and I was like, yep. oh man, that's like that. That's a judgment literally changes yep. like a single yep. judgment changes the whole oh, yeah. of the game. Uh, yeah, and I and oh. I had I had thought about that on the lead up. Um, but at some point, like weeks before, like, okay, Rona can do that. And then like once the game began, it was like it was totally gone from my mind. And then I I cannot tell you how many times I've rehashed that. Like that game could have gone so much differently if I just like put him save him for the last deployment and then just double walk him. It's a completely different game. But he played really well. He didn't I don't think he made any Big blunders, and it was it was a really good game. You know, it was about as close as game as he played you could to play, his house. So, yeah. yeah, he 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 saw the 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 right order to try to do it. <sighs> crazy, cra- about as crazy of an ending as any game can possibly have. Okay, so um, we end up losing this round, um, and so at this point we are two and two. Um, we did not to like put pressure on Blair, but like we were pairing, assuming that we kind of thought that Alec Amon and Blair were going to come out ahead. I had kind of a 50, 50 Danny had a bad matchup. I didn't come out on top. So we were, we were definitely not happy to be in the two and two, but there was a lot of energy that was like, we're going to fucking end this event three and two. We are not going to end with a losing record. Um, I think Amon was probably the most fired up, at least verbally where Amon, I think you went to like everybody. You're like, we're going three and two, boys. Yeah, I mean, I think, yes, to answer that, yes, I did. I just went up to everyone. I said, we're not fucking losing. We're going three and two. We did not come here to lose or you know, come across the world to have a losing record. And I think it's probably more rousing than what I just yeah. said. I'm paraphrasing for sure. But yeah, I definitely... I wasn't gonna let that happen. I would have. I would have came and played y'all's games if I had to. You know, like I was. <laughs> this is not happening. Um, 
All right, so we we go into we go into we go into round five. Um, this will be the only round like I really like. I want to mention my game because like the one my biggest takeaway from my game is like all of a sudden I got to play on a pay to flip. I, well, I guess I played like one game on meteors, but I like played a mutant madman game with Avengers, and I just suddenly like felt like a surgeon all of a sudden, and I was like, man, I needed to play this event to my strengths. As soon as I was playing on something that was my strength, I just felt so much more confident the whole time. Um, and it was like, it was going from like feeling kind of not amateur is the wrong word, but like, you know, not, not, not professional, not, not high level. And then all of a sudden in my last round game, I was like, I felt like I was playing like I would normally play and felt really good about it. Um, so I came out with a win. Um, Alec, what about, uh, what about your round five? Uh, so my round five was into Hellfire Club. Um, once again, hunting the uh, other. You're just throwing you into all the hellfire this event. We're yeah, just right. Like, two, jump two into the jump into the flames, man. Um, yeah, this one this one was on uh, cosmic invasion and struggle for the cube, um, and boy, howdy, it felt like it um, uh, bit me in the ass. Uh, so <laughs> his rhino hits the uh, the trigger from the secure. Uh, at the start of the game so his rhino goes from one power to three power and then because he's already standing on it once he activates uh, the leadership he goes to four power so he's already has enough to like slide an attack or like i think what he ended up doing was move slide attack my black cat who is holding an extract and get the like two power needed to then uh, rob from her. And that put me at the end of round one into a deficit from like six to three, I think was the score. Yeah, because there's nine points out there. Um, And from there, I had to like claw back. Um, Oh, he had a lecture in his roster, which was, uh, I like the cool tech of the ninjas picking something up, passing it to someone. And then later on, activate them having an extract before activating uh, for the. There might be an ominous protocol episode about that. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> it's been a while since I listened to it, um, but uh, this game turns around when uh, he has priority and his um, his Emma goes to try to day's asm and just fails um which lets him get a crazy all webbed up off to um how much do you remember how much health asm had like how hard of a days was this Ooh, he had uh i think he had only one damage on him maybe two okay it might have been so two because i think he like was four... holding he was holding a cube and he took two damage from it okay so she um, needed to get four damage yeah, but no witty banter because it's Emma's activation. Correct. Okay. Um, and because he, she doesn't uh, kill him, he can. He does a web swing and all webbed up to catch some extra people and, um, dazes the Electra and collects two cubes off of her, and so now he's the three cube pinata, um. And he's able to survive through that round. 
Um, and that doesn't daze until two attacks from Rhino the following round, um, who then didn't have enough power to pick up all these cubes, um, which let my voodoo walk, pick up, and run away with as many of them as he could to just seal the game. Doing webs uh, things. Yep. Just making people cry. I mean, You're voodoo such, a, managed, such a heartbreaker. Voodoo managed to dodge all all the damage from a truck coming into him. So he just blocked all five of it. Hard roll, easy peasy. Um, uh, Can we all agree that Voodoo has the best defense dice of anyone in the game? Like, Voodoo blocks more shit than I think anyone else ever does with, like, four dice. It's because he's in every list. So it seems like he does everything. (laughs) Um, Yeah, there was a chance for him to to turn it around there if... um, his first activation is able to KO ASM and or daze ASM to make him drop the cubes and deal with uh, Voodoo because otherwise Voodoo just possesses and picks them all up. Um, yeah, but Rhino was unable to get it done. Poor, poor Rhino suit boy. All right, Danny, you want to tell us about your round five? Yeah, so we're on Demon's Hammers, and I'm playing into X Force and. I, I, I this kind of like runs through all of my list really is that I think my biggest mistake overall was a last minute change I made, um, which was my restricted cards. I was taking sacrifice brace and I switched to sacrifice advance R and D because I wanted to get more eyes plays and stuff. And I think what ended up happening is that it forced me into situations where I'm trying to play too cautiously with fury. Because he needs to be shooting the gun and grunt shooting the grunts, uh, guns and getting off their their firepower stuff going, right? And so what this leads into in this match is that I really I don't have a great way to grab the hammer in front of Cable. Because anyone I stand up there probably just dies a Cable two-shotting them. Like there aren't many characters in the Shield roster that wants to get shot twice by Cable and be like, yeah, this is totally fine. There are not very many characters that people play in rosters that are not like Hulk yeah. that don't die to getting two shot plus a throw from from Cable. So I think if I had Brace instead, which would have helped over this match and over the previous matches, because a lot of my characters getting one shot was like a size four getting tossed into them and just, you know, just getting blown up unexpectedly. Yeah. Um, but the grunts would have been good to pick this up, but because I was playing advanced RD, I was tending to hold fury till later in the turn. So essentially put me into a situation where once cable got a hammer and he's doing six dice gunshots, he's just started one shotting people. Like, and once he started one shotting, yeah, he's getting power to throw size threes and size fours every round. And those were doing almost enough damage to kill me. They need to shoot that person and kill them. Like, they're just like, yep, that happens. <laughs> And you're not playing tall enough that you deny him the first cable activation. Yeah. So he never loses a cable activation ever. And that's that's generally pretty yeah. good for x And essentially he would just teleport in, be within three of someone. That person generally just exploded from the first shot, which would give him a bunch of power to not only TK shield for later, but also to do, generally throw a larger size building to start the, the setup. And that would usually would kill like the grunts. It's like throwing a random building to them. They die and then shoot someone else. It's like, oh, well... I just lost three characters worth of activations. I need to read some of the grunts. I can't eye in the sky or I can't do this. Um, no. 
And the other problem was X23, who I just couldn't pin down fast enough. And she just tore through half my team. Because once Cable softened up some people, she was like, okay, I kill, I frenzy, uh, I do some dangerous person, I kill them. That's cool. I was like, yep. I At one point, I remember I had all my characters dazed, and I dazed one of his. And I was like, yep, yep. I shouldn't laugh. Yeah, it feels bad. feels bad. Um, I think in retrospect, besides taking Brace, what I would change about this list is that a lot of other teams want you to bunch up now, and they're excited about you bunching up. Like you have Power Cosmos with Thanos. You have Defenders, right, who want you to kind of get together and stuff. And so like, there's these teams that are kind of are encouraging you to bubble up and they want that to happen. So the, I think the shield path forward here is having a more wider game plan, right? Like going into leading to your spider women's and your, your fashion characters, your spectaculars and going around and playing more scenario games and using your eyes more sparingly to save your one character, like once or twice per game is they're trying to get it off every round. That makes sense. Yeah. All right. I'm on. What was your last game? Yeah, last game. This was against the Finnish Syndicate, I believe. Yes. And I played against Tuka. And he was a really nice guy. He was playing Midnight Suns. I believe the matchup specifically was, again, my favorite 17 team. This was on Struggle for the Cube and Infinity Formula. So... Star-Lord, CGR, Bill, and Agent Venom into Blade, Iron Fist, OG Ghost Rider, Wong, and Black Hat. So this was cool. Trying to figure out whose Ghost Rider was superior. Spoilers. It was CGR. (laughs) So this game was fun because I did respect his CGR. I was aware of what Black Hat can do. And I actually was very afraid of Iron Fist because he can take away a turn, right, from my CGR? And he did over the course of the game. I think I had a good turn with CGR where I was like, man, if this works out, I'll just commit to it and I'll I'll bite the activation token because it'll just put me so ahead. And that's what ended up happening. I think in round two, I took out his Iron Fist and Blade with a combination of CGR and Agent Venom. And... Then he iron fists me right at the beginning of turn three, which slowed things down a little bit. I will say, like, I thought I was going to win in round four, and Tuka did a really good job of, like, he did this play with, I don't know like how it worked out, but it was just like, essentially, I just couldn't do what I wanted to do, and it delayed it. And then his CGR started rolling really hot. Not his CGR, his GR. And I was like, oh no, am I about to lose this game? But then my CGR came through. Ghost Rider does seem like kind of a scary matchup for you at times because like you're going to have more crits on average because, or no, you just count, you count skulls as successes, not as crits. Correct. Right. And so the, the skull, the crit part doesn't matter, but still like having an attack that denies power generation is still, is still kind of scary. Yeah, it is, because I think that's the benefit, right, is if you take down my CGR, then my CGR will make you regret it the following turn. But in this situation, I believe my CGR did go down, and I believe he did use the attack we're talking about here. Pen and stare, I believe. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. And 
But then I rolled hot on psychosis, so I don't know. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you it, just, it, yeah. Again, so yeah, so I, w- I win this game twenty-one to nine, and you know, I, I had a great run. I give full credit to my teammates for, you know, us coming up with a game plan every round and trying to make sure that we had the best matchups possible. But at the end of the day, man, like CGR, I can't under or overstate this. Like he is, he's broken and I'm a very attrition focused player in all miniature games. I've been miniature gaming for, you know, over a, uh, a score now sound like Abraham Lincoln here, but it's like, you know, end of the day, like I, if you know how to play attrition and you can prioritize targets and you can lean into the dice, it's very hard to beat him. Well, I liked how you mentioned in your round, cause something that I've been noticing recently, like if you go back, like my second episode is about controlling priority. And it was like way back, very early stages of the game. It was after the first LVO. The game had been out for a few months. And I'm like, control priority. Like, this is the thing. This is how you do it. And one of the big things I've been re- realizing recently, and like, there was even like a really crazy game where I beat Nate with X-Men at Adepticon. And there was a there was a round in there where I I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to try to daze your, uh, I'm going to try to daze your star Lord, even if it means I lose priority. Um, and you know, sometimes that is the right call. Like sometimes if things are going that well, you, uh, you will, you, you give up priority. And I think that was a very smart decision on your part. Like when you can put your foot completely on the gas, it's smart. Yeah. I appreciate that. It was, I think that's the nature of the beast when you're playing attrition also is, is part of that. And so in that situation, I just knew gaining that lead would put him in a position where he would need to get desperate in order to claw the game back. And again, I give him full credit. He was such a nice guy. Honestly, like every team we played opponents were awesome. Like I never played a single game where I was like, didn't feel that my opponent was just, an awesome stand-up individual and the fact that like all these people withstood the punishment that is cgr whether they knew they were walking into it or not and we just laugh and smile was amazing and even when they did get frustrated they never ever made me feel uncomfortable or made me feel like bad i mean obviously i felt bad but at the end of the day like we were there to yeah they were the making matchups. you feel bad you were making yourself feel bad and yeah the infamous guys talked about how in one of their games like CGR went so bad for one of their players that they thought that he was going to black out in rage. Like it went that badly for him. So yeah. And I, I agree with you 100%. Our opponents were all fantastic. Like I enjoyed my losses more than my wins. They were just really good games, but let's move over to Blair's final game. The last, the spider foe wrap up. How did the, how did your fifth game go Blair? Uh, so I'll wrap it up pretty quickly. Uh, it was pretty funny because I'd said like the whole time I also want to play Guardians, and then they had Brotherhood and X Force, and I was like, eh, I don't really want to play that, so I kind of passed on that. And then it came down to like just Guardians was left, and I was like, oh, can I have X Force <laughs> or Brotherhood back, please? <laughs> I um, I think in this one it was you and me were the last two deciding if which of us would get Hellfire yeah. and which of us would get Guardians. Yep. 
And and you were at you were like, I've got Hellfire, dude. Just just give it to me and I've got it. And I was like, All right, you got it. Go ahead. Um and uh he he, he it was Montessi intrusions at nineteen. He brought out his CGR. Um uh, my plan was to just kill everyone else and then just like score out. And my attack dice were on fire, and so the plan worked out pretty well. Thusly, um, I had like just bullseye and goblin left on the final on round six, and they were like spread out. There was no way he was going to be able to get both of them. So uh, I think I only ended up winning. I think I only ended up scoring thirteen because it was just Montessi intrusions, but it went to round six and. And yeah, that was it. Well, we we close out things. We end up three two, like both of the other American teams. Um, we ended up because of strength of schedule, like at the app, like sixteenth out of thirty one. So we were the exact median. <laughs> um, so very medium performance for us, which is obviously not what we had hoped. But I was really proud. Like Amon, you were you were in of the five and O's you were the only American like in the top 10. Like you just, you just absolutely crushed it. Um, and obviously like this is a, a pairing oriented format, but you still have to win your games. Um, and so you, you did absolutely fantastic. And the number of times that people asked me about my team and knew who myself and Danny were. And then I had to like, kind of explain like, okay, well, Alec is this great guy from California. Like he's, he's won shit down there and he's just been a, like a really solid war gamer for so long. Amon's this like championship level underworlds player who's switching over to MCP. And I played against him and I just think he's a rock star and Blair, I like judged a couple of his games at a Bellevue qualifier, and he's this X-wing champion. I just I have a ton of respect for how he played. Like I believe in these guys. And when I was telling people about the team, they're like, "Sure, you picked some guys," and then all three of you just swung for the fences and were rock stars. And so um, I, I definitely have no regrets about the the team composition. Um, so I'm I'm just really proud of everybody. Um, but like before we wrap up the episode, I want to give each of you a chance to kind of like say some final thoughts and I'll still do a bonus episode and we can just do some some fun shit. Um, but if you guys have some just general thoughts about the event, the experience, the, the team experience, anything, um, Alec, do you want to go ahead and start? Uh, sure. I had a great time. Um I had wanted to go to WTC for War Machine for um, a while, so this was kind of a dream come true in that respect. So I was finally able to uh, go to one of these large international team events. Um, it was a blast. All my opponents were fantastic. Um, it was great. I'd love to go again. I um, know I'm not going to be able to go uh, next year due to other arrangements, but... Uh, I look forward to trying again in the future. Nice, nice. Danny, what about you? I mean, we had our own kind of episode about thoughts and the raw event, yeah. but what I will say is that I had a lot of fun each night hanging out with a lot of the other teams, a lot of the groups, um, and just sort of meeting the wider community, right, and making friends um, throughout all the event. I think it was very nice that there were no real disputes that I was aware of. 
uh, no issues between the see crowd, and that's you know always cool to hear. For sure, Amon, what about you? Again, shout out to Will, not Will. Damn it, Gil. A, <laughs> yes, well, shout out to Will Shaken Pagani, I guess, for making the game. But <laughs> yeah. uh, shout out to Gil for running the event. I think he did an amazing job for both MCP, and then from what I could tell, War Machine as well. I'm looking forward to seeing that trophy. And one day, hopefully, we can get our name on it. Shout out to our opponents. Amazing opponents overall. Very nice community. Very, dare I say, loving community in that everyone just got along great and just was there primarily because they love MCP and they love wargaming and and competition. And big shout out to the country of Denmark and the city of Copenhagen. Amazing place. If you have the opportunity to go in your life, you should go. Of course, big shout out to my teammates as well. Charles, thanks for inviting me to be on the team, giving me an opportunity. And of course, you know, I really enjoyed getting to know Alec and Blair. And I know that I've made friends now, so we can hang out wherever. And uh, yeah, nerf CGR, please. <laughs> <laughs> Blair, do you have uh, have some thoughts as the, the scientist, the spider foe of the team? Yeah, well, well much like Alec... I'd wanted to do it for X-Wing for a number of years and never got the invite. Uh, so, and you know, I waffled. I think you gave me a deadline to let you know, and I I, I took it right up to the edge before I told you. I was like, all right, I'm in. And then the travel there was brutal because there was a really bad storm that was like, took over like the whole North Sea. So there's the plane was just shaking like nobody's business. So I got airsick, which had never happened before. And so it... By the time I got there, I was like, man, I don't know about this. But then once we got into it, the first round, we started discussing our matchups. I was like, okay, this is awesome. Uh, <laughs> had a, just had a ton of fun. Uh, the format itself, or one similar to it, I wish is something a lot of more TOs would look into. I think it's a really interesting format. We we did that with X-Wing a number of times, and it's really cool to take like an individual game and turn it into a team aspect. And you really do win and lose as a team because some guys are getting the harder matchups. Some guys aren't getting like, you know, the, the top tier characters. So you really do win and lose as a team. And I really like that aspect of just taking that a game that's like singularly based and forcing you to have to work together with other people to try to accomplish a goal. So I'd love if uh, any TOs listening would uh, try to take this up and try to do it locally. I'm, I know I'd sure love to do one locally, Charles and Danny. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, great, great venue. Had a blast. I I probably can't do it again next year as well, but I'd, I'd love to do it again sometime if I was able to. For sure. Well, um, I guess my my closing thoughts here are um, I'm going to tentatively plan to go next year, but in a content creator role only. Um, if, uh, if at some point down the road, this group of people is doing a team and I'm not sure this format is right for me with what I prioritize in, in MCP, but uh, I think I would I would assist a team in maybe some sort of coaching role if it if it ever if it ever came up and like the right group of people wanted me to be involved in some way because i do feel like i learned a lot from the pairing process and the team process and what i what i would do differently 
Um, but I can absolutely 100% say that uh, team composition wise, um, I'm absolutely 100% confident in all the decisions there. You guys are really the best group of people that I could have possibly hoped to go with. And a special shout out to Marissa. Um, she was behind Alec during part of uh, a point where I was talking and uh, I was really trying not to laugh. And I feel like she was intentionally trying to make whoever was talking laugh. And I barely, barely kept a straight face, but she, we, we, she kind of became our unofficial team coach through this and was just super supportive. And she like, she got me both water and she got me a beer at a point. And she was, she was just, um, she was kind of just a, like a fun light like through a lot of this event and even a bit of exploring Copenhagen. So I was really glad that uh, Alex partner got to kind of share in some of the experience with us. And I, I felt like she was part of the team. So shout out to her. Um, and I'll just close out and just say that like Gil chose a really perfect location for this. And I think that's one of the things that made it so special is Gil. Like he said, this place has only been around for like two years or something. And when he found it, he was just like, this is just an insanely perfect location for a WTC. And he was right. So, you know, big, big shout out to him. Um, and it makes me excited to go back and just like the experience of seeing people from all over the world is, is next level. And I would say anyone who has the opportunity to go do it and, I didn't know that I thought Alec had gone for war machine at some point, And I didn't realize that you didn't, or you weren't able to. And I certainly didn't know that there was a team format for X wing and that Blair had wanted to go. So that definitely like is a little heartwarming for me that you guys got to experience the format, at least, you know, in MCP, even if it wasn't for your prior games. So, um, but we're, we're running close to that hour and a half mark. So I'll just close out things and literally listeners, the most OP thing that you can do is go to an international event, a WTC, a York Weekender. I cannot, I cannot imagine what that's like for, say, like a European coming over for LVO or Adepticon or something like that. But I really think the, the international experience is next level and all of you nerds should do it at some point. Later. <laughs>